It's a bitch hunt. 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 Yeah, Jacob, I want to see your eyes light up when you try okay. this beautiful butter. So if you recall uh, <laughs> last week during the recording, there's a point where uh, it came to light that Luke was spoon eating something out of a jar. And it was cookie butter. And uh, it was cookie butter. We thought mm. it was peanut butter, but it was actually cookie butter. And Will and I gave him a good deal of grief about that um, because it's a product that neither of us had ever eaten before. But it's fucking yummy. I'll tell we're you holding what. This up, we're holding these both up to the microphone. So if you guys just I'm, listen very carefully. <laughs> I'm holding it up to the camera, which I guess is less we helpful. Both, so here. Jacob and I both patronized our local grocery establishments. And we have procured for ourselves a spoon and uh-huh. a jar of Lotus uh, Biscoff. Lotus brand... Biscoff cookie butter, which is apparently it's the only kind of cookie butter they had at the grocery store oh, that I went to. Is my that my swanky Madison grocery store had two types of cookie butter. Now, what made you choose the Lotus uh, brand well, Biscoff one was cookie butter? Only about four dollars, and the other one was five dollars. The I'm pretty sure this was like close. I think it was actually five ninety nine. Oh, oh damn, man. Jacob, you're paying a premium so I, for that cookie butter. Uh, I splurged, but but it's worth it's it because it's because I've been told by Luke and now by Will that it's that it's worth it. So I will like a big dum dum didn't save the dramatic moment uh, for while we were on air. But I, if you will look, have put my spoon into oh. a, an untouched jar of cookie butter, and I'm gonna take my first taste of it. Mm, on air. I am on their eight, on their I wish I could shit. go back in time and be in your shoes, Jacob. I really do. Well, maybe someday you'll be able to. <laughs> and this is the exact moment that you should go back to this. because I'm a dollop of of I've got a dollop of it brown cookie butter <laughs> on my spoon, spoon. Yeah. holding it up to the the laptop camera to show everybody listen, my mouth. Listen very carefully, you'll be able to see it. If you also, if you listen very care- carefully, you'll hear my salivary glands going out of control. My mouth is watering. All right, Jacob. That was hundred percent natural. Shove that cookie butter in your mouth hole and give it a few little sucks. I'm, I'm going to do it. Which oh. for you ASMR fans out there. <laughs> now, let me tell you what, guys. What? I'll be gosh darned if that's not one of the tastiest things I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> right? Holy crap. Oh. Also, it's a, you're it's warning a Delta that flight it, in butter form. <laughs> you're totally right, Well, It tastes exactly like uh, basically a, a, a really cheap cookie that you'd find <laughs> like on a flight or in like a, some kind of foil package. But in like semi liquid form, it's way better that way. Wow! Yeah, it's so much better this way. It's just that, and also that cookie from the Delta flight on steroids <laughs> and with the perfect consistency. The perfect consistency, and probably a lot more sugar, because this is also, as I was warned, one of the sugariest, sweetest things I've ever nah, tasted I'm, in my I'm life. I'm pretty sure it's Whole Thirty compliant. <laughs> oh, 
What is Whole30? Just a diet where you can eat pretty much nothing except, like, meats and fruits oh. and cookie butter. <laughs> so it's like a keto diet almost. Yeah, it's like a keto diet with cookie butter. Yeah. Holy crap. So would you say that's sort of like an explosion in your mouth, Jacob? It's kind of- it's not kind of like an explosion in the mouth. It is quite literally an explosion in my mouth. Well, speaking of... Like, I am I am salivating so much right now. It's really pretty sinful. Speaking of it's, explosions... And mouths. Well, not necessarily mouths. This week's theme is... Action comedy. Action comedy. Which sometimes have explosions. And often and- have mouths. I would go so far as to say almost always have mouths. Maybe not as like a featured part of the movie, but they tend to have actors. Yeah. And actors tend to have mouths. If you're uh if you're setting aside the Deadpool cameo at the end of Wolverine <laughs> or uh yeah, Wolverine mouth Origin Story or whatever together. that is. Right. We're not talking about that on this episode. We're talking about movies where people often talk. They crack wise. Uh, one-liners are a big thing in this one-liners genre. One-liners abound. Uh, some of my favorite movies are action comedies. Uh, Hot Fuzz being uh, very, very close to, if not at the top of my list of favorite movies of all time. I definitely consider that an action comedy. Yeah, Hot um, Fuzz is great. You got your Hot Fuzzes. You got your you got your Rush Hours. You got your lethal weapons all of them maybe even yeah, even so. die hard is kind of an action comedy i would say so yeah bruce willis definitely flexes his comedy chops in those movies at times so who wants to go first this week well i guess if if my mouth wasn't so sticky with cookie butter i'd be jumping at the opportunity um but will seems to yeah, be like I, he's got, I've got pieces a, of paper in his hand with me right Goodness. now yeah <laughs> Well, the it's thing not is, just. I found that last episode I was having trouble just keeping track of Jim Carrey and Nick Cage. So like, it's a, it's I feel a, like a I, I I actually have a, a a whole raft of characters this time wow. around, and I really needed to write them down, or else I would just immediately forget them. Now so, this is yeah, this it. is a pitch hunt a pitch hunt first, which is Will preparing more than. I don't know. I can't speak for you, Luke, but he certainly prepared more than I have. Well, I've got, I've got like six names written down on I, a piece of paper. I so. only have one name, and it's not written down. So I have zero names, and it's only in my brain. So so go for it, Will. Yeah, right. go for it. So this is going to be a classic. The thing about comedy, there's there's elements of comedy, right? Can't comedy can be unexpectedness. It can be tragedy plus time are, are you reading off the webster uh definition of comedy right now will are you There's verbatim just, uh, repeating a ted talk on what what is comedy i'm just i'm just telling you guys what is comedy all right there's many no, different this is good forms, okay this is good this is new to me the archetypical uh comedy nugget <laughs> that i'm including in my movie uh-huh I mean, what what I got here is an action film, but it's got some comedy in it, and and the comedy is based upon misunderstanding. This, oh, <laughs> ah, 
Misunderstanding is something, it causes a lot of grief in our society, a lot of wars, a lot of political unrest, a lot of broken hearts and relationships are based on misunderstanding. But also, out of that tragedy is birthed a, a beautiful phoenix of comedy that can also come about from a little dose of <laughs> just gosh darn unlucky <laughs> misunderstanding. All right, so is this this all part of your your preamble, or are you just like mentally preparing and physically preparing us for an action tragic comedy? No, this is there's well, there's there's I wouldn't you don't say need that to tell us. I, let's just let's just go. So you got a beautiful let's just family. Let's go right into it. Yeah, you got a beautiful family. How beautiful? Uh, like on just, a scale of ten. It's ten. It's oh. ten beautiful, right? So we're talking like Nomar Garcia Para and Mia Hamm. Let me tell you. Children. Let me let me tell you the we're mother and father. Beyonce's family minus Jay Z. <laughs> let me tell you. This is like if you took Jay Z from the Beyonce and Jay Z family and you replaced it with Sandy Newton. That's how wow. beautiful this family is. Ugh. Can you imagine what a a Thandi Newton and Beyonce offspring would look like? They would look beautiful, Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's an understatement. So, okay, let me tell you the parents of this family. So is it not not Thandi Newton and Beyonce? (laughs) It's not. Okay. But, But hold on to your ears here. Okay. I'm holding. The mother is Joan Cusack. Okay. And the father... Is Woody Harrelson. You know, Will. (laughs) I was worried that you couldn't pick two people more attractive than Beyonce and Thandie Newton, but you did it. You did it. You picked the two, the only two people more beautiful than those two. Uh, So Joan Cusack and Woody Harrelson, they've got a beautiful family together. They've got two beautiful kids. And they're, you know, they're just like, they're your perfect, like, making jokes around the dinner table, wholesome family, right? Right. And then one day, the kids are on their way home. Joan Cusack is driving them home. They see, they they arrive home, and their whole house has been tipped over. (laughs) Shit, I mean, I'm not talking, okay, guys. It's just like laying on its side, but still attacked. No, no, I would, that's exactly what I imagined. Guys, I as it, that was as that was exiting my mouth, I was like, <laughs> fuck, I've totally, totally used the wrong turn of phrase here. I mean Are you to say like collapse. I'm not I don't mean to say that the entire structure of the house <laughs> was raised from its foundations and flipped ninety degrees, 90 degrees so that the wall part is now <laughs> On the bottom, and the floor part is now on the side. That is not now what I was that, saying. That would be hilarious. That would be really, really funny. That would. But you know what is funny? This misunderstanding that we just had. That's oh. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, no, what I meant to say is that the house has been broken into. Do- doors have been left ajar. Uh, the, the plants have gone unwatered. There's. What? Wait, how long have they been out of the house? <laughs> there's, there's, I'm just saying these are not very hospitable burglars. Like, there's, there's. Do you typically come across burglars who will water your plants for you? <laughs> I mean, if like you're going to be taking some stuff, it's the least you can do. Less of a house sitter. 
there's there's uh everything has been just strewn all over the place and our our Joan is like oh, uh Woody, where are you? And then is there's this a character the, named Woody. And then there's what? Is this character named Woody? Uh yeah. I mean just because I yeah. can't think of another cool. Sure. Woody's we'll a good him, name. It's a funny name. It's also a very handsome name. Yeah. Very handsome. So we're like uh Joan's like Woody where are you? This is especially funny because Joan also played Jesse in Toy Story so yeah. like she's kind of got a relationship with Woody already. She sure does. Um, she knows handsome Woody's. She's like so <laughs> She's like Woody. Uh and and there's no Woody to be found. She expects Woody to be in the house. Woody is not in the house. Then there comes a ring at the phone and she, and she she answers the phone and a a a voice pitched down uh voice comes comes through the the receiver and says we have Woody. Okay, I, we I, need 6 million dollars or else your Woody will you'll never see him again. <laughs> it's a kidnapper. That that sounded a lot like Woody. Are you sure it's not just Woody pitched down? Shh, 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 shh. Sorry, I don't want to step on your <laughs> on your twist. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, okay, this is where the movie. I think this is where the classic, like, where the misunderstanding happens. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, you have your three kidnappers. Right, and we know who the three kidnappers are. The three kidnappers have been hired. How good looking are these kidnappers on a scale of zero to ten? They're unbelievably good looking. Can we cast these three? No, because I've already cast them. Oh, okay. oh baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? Hold ready. on, hold on to your asses, guys. The three kidnappers are a Jason Sudeikis, oh man, Charlie Day, Ooh. and Jason Bateman. Oh geez, wow. So you hold said they were second. attractive, Will, but uh, hold on. A speaking second. of Woodies, I gotta say they're quite attractive. <laughs> <laughs> also, I gotta say, you Shh. just okay. Shh. Never mind. Never mind. Shh. I've never been shushed so much in a podcast episode before, Will, and. I gotta say, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, we, but you were gonna say that they're from horrible bosses, right? Well, now you now you let the cat out of the bag. Apparently, Luke. <laughs> they're okay. Oh, they may be from horrible bosses. All right, but you Just know who's not clean, in this Will. movie? All right, and who is don't, not don't attractive mention, at all? Don't mention his name. Don't. There's no reason for us to talk about him on it, our podcast. I I was talking about Jennifer Aniston, but okay, 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 good. Anyway, Don't talk about her again. We have these three. That was lovely. <laughs> Jacob, is the, is the cookie butter really coming back to you? Cookie butter burps are intense and lovely. <laughs> yeah, they are. It just kind of like greased its way up my throat All right, in a see, really pleasing way. <laughs> you have these three uh, kidnappers, and they've been hired by someone to kidnap Woody Harrelson. But Woody... Ha- Okay, sorry. <laughs> the disguised hiring person has his voice pitched very low, so they don't know who it is. Right. Are you going to tell us who it is? 
It's Woody Harrelson. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally unpredictable. <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> Completely out of left field. All right. So I'm shocked. It turns out well, that Woody Harrelson. Why, did why didn't you tell me to hold on to my ass before that? Oh, I'm my, sorry. My it, pants, how's your, how's I need your... to change a pants. Like, <laughs> like stat. I'm sorry for blowing the bottoms out of your pants, Jacob. Uh, it's okay. I'm literally um, not wearing pants right now. Thank you, Luke. For you listeners out there, Luke is not joking. He is literally not wearing pants right now. He just showed us. <laughs> Joan Cusack is freaking out. Her husband's just been stolen. Unbeknownst to her, her husband is actually behind it, but she don't know that. <laughs> no, she don't. And so she and her two kids, like, they follow the clues left at the scene of the crime and go on this crazy action i know what you guys are thinking right uh-huh this has been probably like festering in the back of your guys's mind where's the action in this movie well it turns out joan cusack is a bit of a badass and so are her two kids and they well, go we on know f- joan yeah that comes as no surprise yeah, we know that she's a badass. I mean, I guess the the creative choice of making her a character a badass we didn't know about because he never explicitly said well, it. I, I'm just saying I, I'm really good at casting people. And no, no dispute. No I, dispute yep. here. I, I totally, I mean, I needed someone very, very beautiful and a, a badass. And Joan Cusack happens to fit that better than basically checks, anyone else. Yeah, top of the list. Checks off both of those lists. Yeah. So Joan Cusack's a badass. She goes on this crazy rampage like diving head on into the seedy underbelly of her town, getting past so many unsavory characters with wit and fast talking badassitude and mental alacrity and think on your footedness and kicks and jumps. And her wow. two kids are, are in step the whole way. Uh, and meanwhile, Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day and Jason Bateman, they're kind of schlubs, you know, like they, they, they're not the, the most consummate professionals when it comes to the whole kidnapping life of crime thing. So they're kind of freaking out. They're like, oh, shit, Joan and and her kids are coming for us. Right? So who are they taking down in this rampage, if not those three? Well, that's what I'm saying is they are. I mean, <laughs> Here's the thing. Just Luke. like the, just random people who might have a lead on where Woody went. Yeah, it or turns who out to that be like part of the seedy underbelly. It turns out that Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day and Jason Bateman, they have like sort of a a list of B characters who I have not cast, you know, but they're they're kind of like your uh Danny DeVito types, you know, <laughs> who just sure. kind of like they, they live in the town. They work in the CD bars. Yeah. You know, you can have one of those so, silly. Oh, 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 oh. You know, it's another element of comedy, guys. Danny DeVito. I, yeah. 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 Fuck, guys. OK. Stop stealing my thunder. <laughs> Danny well, DeVito. You already, said it. <laughs> you already said it. No, 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 no. What I was going to say is another fun element of comedy Take this from the comedy teacher here, right? Uh-huh. Class is in session. Unexpected juxtapositions. <laughs> wow. That's that's what my oh, entire man. film pitch is going to hinge on. And so. you know what an unexpected juxtaposition 
that is very unexpected and quite a juxtaposition a bunch of little kids walking into and and a mom you know like a suburban mom with with beautiful red hair and and uh gorgeous bad attitude walking into a seedy bar you know the kids like oh let me play some darts the 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 little girl is like uh beating some like giant guy with prison tattoos at pinball you know like all of this like hilarity could ensue there yeah. right this bar can't be that cd if it has a pinball machine in it well dude there now. are plenty of cd bars with pinball machines and this pinball machine it'll be like super metal too like it'll have like satan on it or something <laughs> Nice. I'm sold. Okay, I, so I, I've been sold. I, I have a question at this point, Will. They're going yeah, on this yeah. page. They're, they're trying to get Luke. to Sudeikis and company. But why did old man Woody hire these people? So, okay, so this is going to be kind of the final act. Because the thing is, we're rooting for this family. We're even rooting for Woody. The thing about Woody is we don't hear much from him in the beginning of the movie. Like, he's, like, you get, like, the opening, like, introducing the family, like, dinner scene, and he's charming, you know? And he's, but he's, like, kind of a bit of a schlub, you know? You know that he probably, like, smoked a lot of weed 20 years back, you know what I mean? Because it's Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And does he have, does he have a marijuana leaf tattooed on his forehead? (laughs) Uh, he does, but he's also got like really long bangs. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have I, a toupee I, in this one, but just like a bangs toupee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a, a it'll it'll be mullet. it'll be well. I mean, it'll be like a normal toupee, but it'll just have been pushed a little bit forward <laughs> on his head. Um, he's kind of like, I mean, he's, he's a little bit of a, uh, like a schlumpy dude, but he's like, he's very funny. I I don't know if I can see Woody playing a schlubby dude. He's such a conventionally handsome and attractive man. No, no, no. He's conventionally handsome. As you said, Will. I said, I I didn't, I I didn't say schlubby. Our kidnappers are schlubby. He's more schlumpy. You You, know what I mean? You said that he was a schlub. No, I said he was schlumpy. There's, there's a difference. you also said that he was a schlub. You'll you'll hear that when you edit this episode. So well, just you know what? I'll edit it to- out, Jacob. <laughs> 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 no, I, I I might have said that he was a schlub. I meant that he's like he's like he's like a a a, a hot twee dad who's been sort of like he's his uh he's got a, a few frays in his in his overcoat you know what i mean he's he's a little right he's a little rough around the edges you know he's he's kind of like he's dad candy but dad candy with a dad body yeah yeah he's like um i still don't understand though why would he possibly fake his own kidnapping oh you guys uh you guys i was just about to to explain so we don't hear much from him during all of this um occasionally we see him sort of like deliberating with Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day and Jason Bateman being like, okay, you guys, you can't like kill my family, obviously, but you need to find a way to stop them from like getting to me because then we can't get the ransom. And he's thinking... Well, he's getting the ransom from his own family? Well, this no, is okay, my here's question. the thing. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Joan Cusack has a father who's very rich. Okay, okay. 
Is it played by John Cusack? That would be weird. It's <laughs> played by so. John. It's played by John Cusack Sr., their father. Gotcha. Okay. He is a he person exists. who exists. <laughs> yep. And John Cusack Sr., the actor who who definitely exists. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole. Even Joan Cusack doesn't really like him that much. But he has the money to pay the ransom. So that's the plan. Oh. Okay. So how involved is John Cusack Sr. in all this uh, bad attitude? Yeah, is he going to pay the money? He's kind of a peripheral character, but he every now and again you have like funny phone calls between Joan and John Sr. that are like, like Joan, like he's like, ah, oh, maybe I'll pay the ransom, but I'm kind of an asshole. Ha 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 ha. You know, it's pretty on the nose. Very, yeah, it's a really yeah, he's good very John self-aware. Cusack Sr. impersonation. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've just about got, I've just about wrapped it up. I'm just, there's one final twist. There's one final twist guys. And that's actually the reason why Woody Harrelson needs this money. He didn't really want to get into this whole thing, but the problem is he owes some money to a shark. A literal okay. shark? No, like a lone a sharknado. shark. <laughs> and that a lone single shark. shark. A single shark, yeah. And that lone shark is played by <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Okay. Uh? So it's just she like she does the mocap for this this single shark, this lonely shark. <laughs> no, she's not an actual she's not an actual shark, Jacob. Well, she said that she's a lone shark, like she's a shark that needs a mate. No, 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 no. A solo she, shark. Yeah. She is uh, a shark, a, a human being. Yeah. No, oh. she, okay, she's a human being. <laughs> She's pretending to be a shark? To whom Woodrow Tracy Harrelson is indebted. And so, but she's so, like uns, unseemly. She's seedy. She's got really high cheekbones. She's got a frosty air. She wears a sweeping black cloak. She's evil. Okay. So how how does this wrap up? Well, so eventually uh, Joan Cusack and children bust in uh, to Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day and Jason Bateman's lair and beat them up. It's very funny. It's like comical beating up. You know what I mean? This is This is a bit of a like... <laughs> Uh, zany, cartoonish violence sort of a film. Right. I'm thinking know? like the kind of thing where somebody gets punched in the face and then there's an animated screen that goes like, zap! Yeah, it's going to be very... Uh, it's going to be very... Um, Batman the TV show type of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, and then, you know, Woody is there and eventually this whole uh, grift gets bust wide open and it turns out that they... they like, w- w- there's... There's a bit of acrimony and animosity between uh, Joan Cusack and Woody um, about the fact that he misled her. But then when it becomes clear how dangerous and awful Tilda Swinton is, everybody has to sort of like gang together and take on Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I mean, think of all those teeth. Exactly. Wait, no, <laughs> he's not. To get to, in order to get to her, they're going to have to be playing in like in her her playing field, like her arena, her are gonna have to go to the ocean and stuff. Yeah, uh, guys. Okay, 
No, I, I do think she'll this just be a shark. Be I get it. She's fine. It's fine. She'll be a shark. <laughs> she'll be a shark with very high cheekbones. Yeah, that's what you said. Anyway, okay. so they they beat her up together. They, they as go a family. after her. They beat her up as one ten uh, out of ten family. As one ten out of ten family, beautiful, beautiful family, and some beautiful henchmen, <laughs> and they all live happily after after in one big like full house esque house. Oh, that's nice. They all move in together. Afterwards. Yeah, they all move in together and make each other pancakes. The end. Even though the house is ninety degrees tilted. Exactly. Is it, <laughs> what? Darn it, Joan! You you tilted the house again. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze frame and credits. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I guess I'd probably watch that movie. <laughs> I would definitely watch that movie, man. With a cast if like that, else, Luke? If nothing else, then for the uh, the aquatic fight scene at the end. Yeah, it's going to be coming, dope. Coming right after, not right after, but having seen Aquaman recently, underwater fights, really hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, Let's, and uh, she'll be like kind of Guillermo del Toro, like Fishman-esque, you know? So nice. to leave her high cheekbones intact. Of is course. someone going to have sex with her in an unexplained fashion? That We'll leave that one for the sequel, Luke. All right. Well, I can't wait. Let's ship that well, so that the sequel can well, get underway. Let's do it. Woo! Let's ship it. That was great. Who's going next? I can go next. Yeah, go for it. All right. So <clears throat> my action comedy film is set in a, in a slightly different world than, than Will's. Uh, not, not really that different. So uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> earth earth yes it is earth uh f- physically the same world uh tonally this uh, slightly different world okay not really that much so but i should explain very recently i uh i discovered that a movie that i loved a lot uh but i'd only seen once a long time ago is on netflix what that film movie, was that that movie was kung fu hustle oh such oh. a good film Really, really good film. So I watched it again recently. Aside from some really unfortunate homophobic bits in it, still a great, great movie. And it got me thinking about how much I love uh, martial arts and comedy when the, the two are oh man the yes. two are combined. They um, they go together like biscotti and butter. <laughs> like like it's actually biscoff. <laughs> yeah, but Bis- biscotti is quite different. Biscotti is like is that different. crunchy shit. I they're like the, about the it's, hard, it's like yeah. bread gross. cookies that you dip in it, coffee. Yeah, excuse me. Biscotti is pretty gross. Biscoff <laughs> cookie butter, not at all gross. Biscoff cookie butter and Coca Cola Zero. Yes, yes. Great. So that's the combination that I'm going for. Yeah. Um. So this this movie is set in a, a middle school. Okay. Uh, now, middle school, as we all know, can be a trying time for many people. Uh, you're learning not only a lot about uh, the various subjects that you're enrolled in, but a lot about life. Uh, yeah. You, there are often uh, interpersonal conflicts. You got some bullies. You got some uh, some very hormonal. Yeah, body uh, odor. Teens, lots and lots of body odor. Oh, puberty, am I right? Puberty galore. Uh, that's not going to be a main point. That's not going to be uh, something that we talk about much in the movie, though. So our main character, uh, and you may have to look this this young fella up. 
he so I saw the movie Shazam uh recently as in two days ago and there was a delightful young actor in it named Ian Chen um he is uh 12 years old delightful delightful guy so he's gonna Looks play like a cutie he he's a real cutie uh and he's got some chops so he's gonna play our main character uh his name is uh Donnie mm. So Donnie is, uh, in many ways, just your typical middle school kid. Uh, you know, he's got some acne going on. He's real stinky. Um, what a loser. Total loser. <laughs> uh, we, we, as the audience, uh, really identify with the bullies in the middle school that pick on him. Because um, <laughs> he's just real. He's a real nobody. He's a real zero, if you know what I mean. Um, and not Coke Zero. So... Donnie, uh, as we follow him around, uh, are made to understand is he's Donnie's into he's into karate. Uh, you know, we see him in his his natural habitat of the middle school, going to classes. You know, hanging out with his his uh, acne riddled uh, stinky friends uh, at lunchtime, uh, and then after school, going to going to the the local dojo and learn some karate moves. And this is something that the the other kids at the school know about too, and they uh, they make fun of him for it. Um, just like you know, hey, karate kid, <laughs> and basically, <laughs> basically they they just say that a lot. That's a and, sick uh, burn. It's a sick burn, and everybody laughs when they say it. There's a an older so so uh, Donnie is a sixth grader, and there's this there's this beefy eighth grader who always pushes him around calls him karate kid and is blonde. Um, not at all like any character in the karate kid movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, Donnie's got a little bit of a rough go of it in, in his middle school. So, you know, we see him going about his day. We see him in his karate class and he's, he's pretty good. You know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a skilled martial artist. Can he split Um, some wood in half with his bare hands? Most definitely. There are definitely going to be some like montages of him yelling and then splitting some wood in oh, half nice. and like smashing cinder blocks with his face and like kicking no, through. No. Uh, when he does that kick- with his face, will his acne like pop a little bit? Oh. It, it'll pop, but like not in a bad way. It'll pop and then just like kind of be cleared up because there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they maybe they make uh, the cinder blocks at this particular dojo with like a little bit of proactive. Yeah, in it or yeah. <laughs> they're clear as cell blocks. So like that's that's gonna be a yeah that's gonna be a new thing for him. So like uh, a little while into the movie, he'll he'll progress from just smashing boards with his hand to doing the the whole face to the cinder block thing, and his acne will clear up, and he'll he'll start becoming a little more popular at school because of his beautiful, clean skin. And people will start being um, like, hey, karate kid. Yeah, definitely. All the, there's all like the some, hot girls. There's like some, uh, a, a crew of seventh grade mean girls who are, who are just jerks to him at the beginning, but after, uh, after his face clears up, they, they suddenly notice him in a, in a new light. That's a good message. Uh, it is a good message. It is a good message. Yeah. Before when be they were liked, nice to him and flirted with him, like they would walk away and one of them would be like, Amber, don't be so mean. But like that now, now they're, they flirt with them and they're like, 
Amber, nice, nice going. Nice going, Amber. Amber, leave some for me. <laughs> karate Kid. I want some of the Karate Kid. So, Jacob, yeah. uh, yes. I was also going to ask, does this uh, Karate Fellow, does he have a, a belt color yet? Um, yeah. So this particular dojo that he's at doesn't do the regular belt thing. It's more of like a... I don't know. I'm making this needlessly complicated for myself. They do regular belt things, <laughs> and he is uh, he is. Uh, uh, I just the the problem with that though is that I don't know. I'm sorry. The, I really set a trap the for you there. Let's no, just say okay. that he's like orange belt. Yeah, or, orange belt is really good. He's a chartreuse belt, um, and uh, yeah. So so the uh, one of the inciting incidents in the movie has to happen though, and so I'm going to get to that now. So we see Donnie at home. Uh, he's working on his homework. His mom comes in to bring him, you know, uh, some carrot sticks. And is like, Donnie, you're a good boy. You're doing your homework. I'm proud of you. Uh, your karate, it's coming along. Like, at first you really sucked, but now you don't suck as much. And he's like, Mom, get out of here with that garbage snack. <laughs> <laughs> no, Give me Donnie some cookie butter, that. damn it. <laughs> Donnie Donnie's very serious about nutrition because he really wants to become a martial artist. He's on the 30 so for 30 diet. He's on the 30 <laughs> for 30 diet, which means that he has to dip his carrot sticks in cookie butter. Uh, I'm really hoping that we get sponsored by Lotus. So I'm going to say that it's Lotus brand uh, cookie butter. Nice. Find it at your local grocery store. So yeah, Donnie Donnie's starting to get shredded on this on this carrot and cookie butter diet. Uh <laughs> Anyway, though, he, he's, he's, he's at home. Uh, he's up late. He's working on, like, a diorama project, like one of those classic, uh, you know, he's got the science fair coming up. And uh, he's, his project is about uh, the physics of smashing uh, uh, cinder blocks with your face. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's an involved project, so he's up late at night. The dermatological else- benefits of smashing cinder blocks with your face. That would be like the the doctoral thesis version of this. Uh, his his version of it's just called how to how to smash cinder blocks with your face, classic, and, yeah, and make your acne go away. Um, so yeah, the rest of his family has gone to sleep. It's it's the it's the wee hours of the morning or very late at night, one of the two. And there is a there's a very bright flash outside, uh, <gasps> and like sustained flash and. Uh, so less of a flash and more of just a light, I guess. And so Donnie is startled by this because he was deep in concentration trying to get the cinder block model that he was making right. So he runs over to the window and looks out and there's this giant meteor uh, that is falling from the sky and getting closer and closer and closer. Sick. And he's like, sick. <laughs> but then he's like, oh, wait, this is... Probably not a great thing because it, it seems to be getting closer. Yeah, but he can just karate chop it in half and then it'll miss the house. Oh, that's the thought that runs through his mind. And he, in fact, says out loud, <laughs> This would be a really bad situation if I wasn't so good at karate. And if this uh, does end up coming towards me, I can just smash it with my face because I have lots of practice with smashing hard things with my face. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence, that's not an ideal sentence. Um, but anyway, he he watches it with growing uh, apprehension, and it, it basically crashes uh, pretty close to his house. Like something something goes boom near his house, and uh, it's not so good. But Ugh. 
he's got to finish this project. So he goes back to work. Uh, <laughs> people have woken. His, his family has woken up, and they're like, yo, Donnie, what happened? And he's like, uh, there was, like, a meteor that crashed nearby. But it's no big deal. Like, it was far enough away that it's probably not a problem for us, so everybody goes back to bed. <laughs> and they kind of just let it go. And uh, so the next day, Donnie goes to school. And he's talking with his he's talking with his friends, and he's like, "Hey, did did any of you uh, hear or see that meteor last night?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's kind of strange." And uh, nothing more really comes of that. They're talking before school, and then they go into their first class of the day, and there's there's no teacher there, and they're all giggling and being like, "You know, if the teacher doesn't show up in fifteen minutes, we all get to go home." Oh, I love when um, that happens. And yeah, hilarity, uh, everybody is loving that idea. But then eventually the teacher comes in and there's, this is, uh, this is, this is math class and, uh, we've met their teacher before. He seems like a a pretty laid back guy and comes into the classroom and something just seems a little off about him. Oh no. Uh Um, you know, he looks the same, but he's acting, he's acting kind of strange. He's acting a little, he's acting a little differently than he normally does. Um, but the math lesson goes on, uh, as normal, like things are a little weird. Like the, the lesson is kind of just bizarre, uh, but nothing, <laughs> nobody really, nobody really thinks much Suddenly of it. Suddenly he's like, he, there's like an, an extra number that he's using. <laughs> Everyone's like, what's blending? No, you know, you know what happens is that he's, he's doing a, a like he's doing some equations on the board. And this math teacher is usually a very meticulous guy, but he does this equation on the board, and he forgets to carry a zero. Oh my oh god! Shit. What a so, ding dang! Real ding dang move, no question. <laughs> uh, but it's at this moment that Donnie realizes that something's up, and like he he nudges one of his friends, and he's like, "Hey, Mister, uh, Mister, Mister, Mister uh, <laughs> Freeman." Uh, <laughs> forgot to carry a zero. He never does that. And his friend's like, ah, math class. It's early in the morning. I don't care about anything. But Donnie's on high alert. He can't get really anybody else to be worried about this. Um, but anyway, the, the class ends and teacher keeps being weird and they leave and go to the next class. And, uh, this is, uh, this is science class. Science teacher is acting a little weird. Uh oh. Donnie, being the perceptive young man that he is, notices, but again, tries to tell his friends about it, and they, they just, they, they don't give it, they don't give a gosh darn. So, mm. so, uh, nothing. So really he's comes the only one either. who notices this odd stuff. He seems to be the only one who's noticing this odd stuff. Uh, mostly, it's just because his classmates, again, just don't give a gosh darn. So Amber uh, Amber doesn't even notice this either. She's just kind of stretching even, gum out while she's not even paying attention. Well, she's exactly. tw- twizzling a pencil through her beautiful blonde hair. She's only she noticing uh, Karate Kid's glutes at this point. Yeah, she is. All of the girls are just like pretty openly staring at Karate Kid at this point, at little Donnie, because he's just like distractingly handsome and muscular. Um, but I mean, that's nothing new for him. I mean, it is it's, something yeah, new it for is him. <laughs> it is. It's pretty brand new for him. <laughs> but uh, because of that, nobody else seems to nobody else seems to care about the the way that these teachers are acting. So anyway, they go through the day, and all the teachers are just kind of off. 
and it, it's it's very strange. Uh, but Donnie's just out there distracting everyone with his, uh, you know, his dazzling white teeth, his washboard abs, his uh, his triceps that just they just pop, um, <laughs> and of course his acne free face. Uh, so he goes home. And uh, he tries to tell his parents about it, but uh, his parents are just, his parents are acting weird, too. And normally they're very supportive, and normally, you know, they, they, they're chatting and chatting to Donnie, but they're just kind of, like, weirdly silent and, and acting real strange. And Donnie, though, he needs some rest. He was up late the night before, and so he just goes to bed. And the next morning, he goes into school, and... Math class first period is even weirder than before. Oh, shit. Things are escalating. Not only is Mr. Freeman forgetting to carry zeros, he's also, like, writing on the chalkboard super aggressively, Um, which is, it's it's just not like him. Yeah, he hates that squeaky Uh, chalk normally. Normally, yeah, he's, like, he's insane about squeaky chalk, so he always breaks it in half, because when you break chalk in half, it doesn't squeak as much. But he's not doing that. Like, the board's a squeaking. That is and, uh, this is This is making me very uncomfortable. It's no good. So the day go, that day goes on. Each teacher is becoming weirder and more aggressive by the period. And so he goes home again at the end of the day. He's been trying to tell people about this, but nobody wants to hear it. His parents are also <laughs> just just weirder and more aggressive. So he goes to school for a third day. And does this start to turn violent at this point? Things things are about to get a little bit violent. Uh we go into class and uh the teacher, Mr. Freeman, first hour notices that all the girls are like just obsessively looking at at Donnie and he starts yelling at him and uh gets to the point where he uh he up and grabs a girl uh, what? By, by the, shoulder, not by the Amber. shoulders. Tell me it's not Amber. Not Amber. Good. It's not Amber. Fortunately, it's... Oh, it's, it's just uh, Stacy. It's just Stacy. And, you know, Stacy's just the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her mom's much better. <laughs> her mom... <laughs> mom candy. Got it going she's on. She's really no got it question. going on. Yeah. Uh, and Donnie's like, I'm sorry, Stacy. You, you gotta see. You're just, you're just not the girl for me. No, that's not what he does at all, because he decides, this is not okay. You, you can't, as a teacher, be going around picking up students and shaking them around like rag dolls. So Donnie, he steps up. He stands up, and he says, Mr. Freeman, put Stacy down. We all know that Stacy's the worst, but that doesn't mean you can just, you, can just, uh, you know, throw her around and stuff. And uh, what does Mr. Freeman at this point, do? things start uh, deteriorating pretty rapidly. And Mr. Freeman has lost the ability to speak and just oh, kind man. of sh- just kind of shrieks at him <laughs> <laughs> and throws. Uh, it's kind of yeah, it's exactly like that and throws Stacy to the side and she smashes into the window and breaks it. And Donnie, uh, Donnie has to prepare to fight. Fortunately, Donnie has preparing. skills. Donnie has been preparing. He didn't know what he was preparing for, but it turns out it was for this moment. So, Donnie takes on the teacher, and he's uh, he's pulling martial arts move, m- martial arts moves left and right. His uh, wait, his wait, go wait, to wait. you say moves, go-to you say the, moves plural, but 
Is it not true that he'll only headbutt and do nothing else? Now, uh, you might think that, but it turns out that in secret, Donnie has also been studying the Green Lotus technique. And uh, he hasn't really been able to use it, and he hasn't practiced at all, so he's not exactly sure what will happen if he does it. But he decides to pull the Green Lotus move, use the Green Lotus technique on uh, Mr. Freeman. And uh, it's very effective, and it sends him flying straight out the window. And uh, this causes quite a ruckus, because it's one of those schools where there's lots of windows. And this is the kind of thing that people noticed. The teacher went flying out the window. By this point, other students have noticed that, <laughs> obviously, that the teacher has gone flying out the window. But also, it's been starting to notice that the teachers are getting real weird, because the other teachers mm-hmm. have also deteriorated a lot and are shrieking and, and being very aggressive. Oh, dear. And so when this uh, when this teacher when Mr. Freeman goes flying out the window, uh, it's kind of like a breaking point, and everybody just kind of leaves their classrooms, and in an impromptu manner, they all go to the cafeteria and they all meet up, and uh, there's an, an an all student meeting, and they've they've barricaded the doors, and they're like, so here's the deal, we're pretty sure the teachers have all gone pretty wacko. And this is not a good thing for all of us uh, because they're adults and they're very large uh, and we are students and we are middle schoolers. And only one of us knows karate. And only one of (laughs) us knows karate because the exclusive karate school in town only accepted Donnie because, well, for one thing, he was the only one who wanted to do it because everybody else thought that karate was for lamos. (laughs) <laughs> but so everybody's freaking out the uh the mean girls club is like oh my god what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and the the bullies are like uh <laughs> this, is, this is no good uh we gotta, we gotta get out of here and then stacy comes forward and she says you know other than the fact that he's really hot now we always kind of thought that donnie was the worst but he like totally took care of mr freeman <laughs> Maybe he can do something about this. And uh, people are pretty uh, skeptical of this at first, but there are some other classmates. But then Donnie Donnie's. rips his shirt off. But then, and you see those muscles? Yes. Donnie, <laughs> who is wearing a classic uh, NASA t shirt, steps forward, rips his, <laughs> rips his shirt off, and says, I can take this challenge. <laughs> his voice is really his, loud. His, he has gone through puberty. Like overnight, one of these nights, and suddenly his voice is very low. Though it may be difficult, I will take this challenge. My, now he's played by Zachary Levi. My, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes. Despite this, despite the the difficulty of this, my years of training have prepared me to take on the menace that has taken over this school. And so what ensues is just uh, basically a wacky uh, martial arts style, one boss after the other fight. <laughs> fights all his teachers. He fights all his teachers. The, the math teacher is, is already taken care of. Next up is his science teacher, who uh, the science fair happened at, at some point during this. And even though his project was great, uh, his science teacher had given him a C on it and he was not happy about it. So he channeled that inner inner rage and uh (laughs) brings the green lotus technique to an even higher level and so basically he he goes through all his teachers (laughs) and takes them on one by one as they are 
in the process of still devolving into even more monstrous. Uh, and now they're starting to have these physical changes. And so he... Does he do that one martial arts move on the big boss where he, like, pre- hits a certain pressure point and it makes them shit their pants? <laughs> he he does that not on the final boss, but on the second-to-last boss. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good penultimate yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's a great penultimate one. And this the second-to-last boss is, like, almost on the verge of defeating him. But at the last second, Donnie springs up and grabs the pressure point and, uh, yeah... The uh, bombs away, bombs away, as it were. The eagle, uh, it takes off and it's a real mess. And just out of sheer embarrassment, oh, yeah. this person is defeated. And then the last for boss, the last boss, does he strangle him with his own intestines? <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last boss is the uh, the big beefy PE teacher who has tormented Donnie for the entire time that he's been in the sixth grade because he thinks that martial that karate is is lame much as he's just basically a giant overgrown bully himself. And so Donnie has a great moment of catharsis where he, uh, he, he like takes out a dodgeball and like whacks him in the face. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, and then, yeah, goes, reaches down his throat, pulls out his intestines and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> strangles him with it and pulls off a great one liner. He's like choke on this or something. <laughs> Classic. Classic one Beautiful. And then Amber swoons. And then, yeah, at the at the end of it all, uh, a bloodstained Donnie comes out of the, the gymnasium where he entered alone uh, with a, an odd on, uh, crowd of onlookers kind of silently hoping that he would prevail. And he, yeah, comes out shirtless, bloodstained, and Amber and the coolest kid in school. The coolest kid in school. Amber swoons, literally faints, and uh, Donnie catches her. All right. So you you implied earlier that his parents were also acting weird. Is he gonna have to go home and murder his mom and dad? No, no. At this point, <laughs> at this point, uh, all the remaining teachers that weren't like important enough to be bosses just kind of like uh, turn into a quivering mass of anger and explode. And it turns out that this has happened to all of the adults in the world. <laughs> Not in the cool. world, in this town. Because there's... The, the sequel to this is going to be pretty dope. The sequel, yeah, the sequel... Kids Run the World. The sequel is that either Kids Run the World or the town. Uh, but they, they really don't know. We don't explore the outside world. We just know that this has happened to the town. And we kind of go through. The, the kids walk triumphantly out of the school, uh, knowing that school is out uh, permanently. And there's just like kind of like puddles of blood everywhere and cars with like, yeah, intestines and stuff inside them. It's pretty gross. So we never, we never, we never get an explanation for why this happened. Nope. It's the meteor, Will. Nope. Oh, yeah, of course. There's yeah. just the evocative uh, meteor falling event. And then, yeah, you're left, the, the rest is left to your imagination or the sequels. That's beautiful and unsettling and oh so comical just hilarious so let's uh let's ship it let's ship it yeah my my pitch also coincidentally has to do with an unexplained event that uh has a grave impact on people literally grave well not immediately so okay i'll tell you what (sighs) there is a mysterious airborne illness that everyone around the world contracts. Oh no. Luke, are you just And this illness makes people just 
weak and fragile and brittle. Oh, no. Oh, no. Basically just like dry pasta people that could snap pasta at any moment. People. They would be very bad at karate. Can they bend their limbs? Or do they have to kind of walk around like gingerbread men? <laughs> they're just, uh, yeah, they're pretty much gingerbread people. they got to be super oh, careful oh. or they'll break their bones. That reminds me. Um, <laughs> yeah, take a cookie butter break. Yeah, you've if you're, heard, if you're listening along with us and eating cookie butter as well, this is the time to, to dig in. And if you're not, put this podcast on pause, go to your local grocery store, get yourself some Biscoff cookie butter. So as this happens, Welcome back. everyone who breathes air gets this illness, but... It's just like a burst. It happens over the course of a month, and then it's done. As in, there's no explanation. They die, or they get better. No, the the illness is no longer traceable in the air. Oh, so it, it's there, then it vanishes. But everyone who's affected remains affected. But there the are people who aren't though, affected. Well, everyone is affected who breathes okay. air. I feel like is, oh, you keep saying that. You keep saying that breathe air. And I, I'm, Daniel I Radcliffe like... <laughs> has been partaking in a government experiment <laughs> where they want to measure the effects of isolation on someone who's deep underwater. So he's living solo in a submarine for a year. <laughs> he returns to the surface. Everyone else is super fragile. Daniel Radcliffe, you, you would not describe him as an imposing figure. No. But he's now no. by far the strongest man on Earth. I love <laughs> he's it. He's kind of just like a weird misshapen Elijah Wood figure. and I mean, 10 out of 10 look in the looks department, but... Uh... Yeah, it's just Elijah's an 11. Right. <laughs> so he gets off the submarine. Um, his wife is there to greet him. He runs up, gives her a big hug and kiss, and she just kind of implodes and dies. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, God. Cheryl! Not Ginny. So, obviously, he's pretty distraught. He just breaks down on the floor crying. And then um, he's immediately kind of quarantined and locked off in this room. While this is happening, the United States government, they get this leaked document. They discover that the Brits are formulating some type of cure. They're always up to something. But their plan is the sneaky to Brits. only give it to British soldiers and not anyone else in the world. Oh, my God. So they're using this opportunity <laughs> to, be- to reclaim their former glory <laughs> as a world power by making these super soldiers when everyone else is just brittle as heck. Oh, my God. <laughs> nefarious man i love that i love how like the united states like hollywood likes to recycle old american adversaries but they never go so far back as to make the the british like government evil you know what i mean that's I love pretty that. true yeah that's that's i mean there are a lot of british made movies that don't have great things to say about the british government but hollywood has kind of abandoned that like you, you have your you have your one-off British uh, supervillain. Like that's still kind of a trope, but uh, yeah, the British government. It's about time that somebody does something about them. Yeah, it's about dang time. And you know what? This is a big problem. The United States realizes because regular people 
they can't even lift a gun anymore. Oh man, they're just they're <laughs> they're too weak to do pretty much anything except lug like a pool noodle around. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, are people doing that a lot? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they lift weights I, by curling pool noodles. I have to say, I'm like really into how brittle these people yeah. are. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with that. They're super brittle, <laughs> but now the United States government realizes, hey. We've got this guy in custody. He's basically invincible compared to anyone else. <laughs> and he's a British American, so he would seamlessly slip undercover in England. Wow. So he's basically like Captain British Ameri- British America. <laughs> basically. Except he's, he knows he can't fight. He knows he has no training. So he's going to do like a lot of stumbling and fumbling and... You know, he's he's totally unprepared to be a secret agent. Right. But he could like accidentally kill a bunch of people still. Well, that's the thing. Stumbling and fumbling. And he does. So the U.S. government, (laughs) they give him a list, right, of people who were implicated in this report that leaked to them. Right. And they send him undercover. He gets back in his submarine, drives it over to England. Pops out, and he starts visiting these people on this list one by one, and his job is to torture them, but he just accidentally keeps killing them, because they're so freaking brittle. Uh. So are there, like, hilarious and creative ways that he he finds to accidentally break them? Yeah, like, he'll try to just, like, lightly rest his hand on someone's shoulder and accidentally split their body in half. <laughs> or try to seduce somebody. And like brush yeah. their hair out of out of their face and accidentally scalp them or something. Yeah, you could have <laughs> you could have like a full like every single trope from 007, right. but just brittleized. Yeah, it's this gonna is be such really such a good concept. It's gonna be really really gruesome. And with each time he accidentally kills someone, he's gonna become more distraught. <laughs> oh no! Bit of a dark comedy. Yeah, it's a dark comedy. That's okay. So Daniel Radcliffe is also going to have to become a thief because, you know, he, his outfit's going to just get bloody nonstop and he'll have to to refresh it. Right. And he'll keep looking more and more traditionally British. Like, eventually he'll be wearing, like, a long trench coat and, like, a, a Sherlock Holmes hat. <laughs> and, like, and a, smoking a pipe. <laughs> well, I mean, he's yeah. got to do something to calm his nerves. So taking up pipe smoking probably is a natural, natural thing. Yeah. Some snuff. Some tea, maybe. Of course. Well, he doesn't have all the British out of him, so he's got to stop for tea time. Eventually, he meets someone who's on this list. One of the last few people. And they see him, and just the sight of him, they know. All of their their friends have been brutally murdered in the last week. (laughs) So they know this is the guy who's doing (laughs) it. And they just tell him everything. Like, through the door... They open up the mail slot, and they they just shout out all of their <laughs> secrets because they're so afraid of Daniel Radcliffe at this point. And they tell him about this secret research base that's highly and heavily guarded. Um, but they are indeed trying to make a cure, and Daniel Radcliffe knows he's got to stop this or... Everyone will be like him with just these unstoppable killing machines, regardless of whether they want to kill people. They're going to kill people. Right. Yeah. He realizes how terrible that would be. So 
he goes on a rampage through this base. <laughs> and this is where he actually starts to try fighting. <laughs> and once he does, he's like throwing these really lazy looking punches, but just totally obliterating people. <laughs> like totally just punching their heads off. <laughs> so um, so the British haven't, they haven't been successful at this point. So the guards that they have uh, guarding this place are just spaghetti people. Yeah. So there's one point where they're like, four or five guards paired together trying to lift a pistol and point it at him, <laughs> but they're moving super, super slow. They, like, just can't rotate it in time. And Daniel Radcliffe throws one punch through all five of their bodies at the same time. <laughs> That's so I good. like the idea of him being surrounded at one point and then just, like, spinning around with his arms out like a helicopter and just <laughs> mowing them all down. Yeah, that would be great. We'll definitely include good. that. This final scene, he's gonna kill, like, 300 people over the course of a minute and a half. Oh, man. He's going to be pretty, like, psychologically and emotionally scarred by the end of this. Like, he, That's his... the thing, though. He's already a little bit scarred yeah. from being in isolation for a year. Oh. <laughs> He's just totally unhinged at this point. <laughs> He's completely tapped into this more animalistic dark side of himself. Yeah. Although he's but, no longer isolated in a chamber, he's still isolated in that he's the, the only person like himself. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Ah, It's really beautiful. Thank you. So eventually he fights his way in, finds the research that's been done, and he takes it, runs away with it. Um, but he doesn't bring it back to the U.S. government because he's skeptical of them too. Mm. You know, he... He saw what the British did. Why would the U.S. government not do the same thing? Just become this nice. world power. Good instincts, so Daniel. He brings it straight to, Julian. I don't know, the U.N. or something. Uh, I thought you were going to say Julian Assange. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Swiss. Oh, man, that would have been a good call. Sure, he brings it to the Swiss. He's like, hey, Swiss guard, <laughs> don't become this overpowering killing force. Finish this cure. Give it to the whole world. And then the Swiss do that because they're great. The Swiss are great. Can we just take a moment? The Swiss are wonderful. First, Swiss chocolate. Second, Swiss cheese. Third, Swiss Swiss miss. watches. Fourth, Swiss watches. All the luxury watches. Swiss army knives. Speaking of Daniel Swiss Radcliffe. army men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's only natural. A spiritual uh, sequel to Swiss army men ends with Daniel Radcliffe bringing the secret the swiss yeah just can't escape it so the movie ends on a on a positive beat the whole world is restored from brittle people to normal people um sure daniel radcliffe has been forced to kill like 500 people but you know <laughs> there's always, that's what happens there's always collateral damage along the way he can go back and heal in his submarine yeah Alone. Yeah, he'll he'll get back in the submarine forever. <laughs> the end. Just deal with his internal struggles. That oh, sounds man. very healthy. I I, sh- I ship the hell out of that. That is a very 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 funny premise. I think that's, yeah, my friend. I think that was that was phenomenal. Uh, I would before shipping it, just like to propose a, a one potential cure, which is so nefarious that probably nobody would have tried it, which is that. In order to become non-dry uh, spaghettied, people just have to boil themselves in water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
they then they'll go from people. lifting pool noodles to being real noodles. Exactly, because they, their muscles have naturally atrophied from all this time when they couldn't do any lifting. So they're just noodle people that have to work their way back up to, to regularness. That's evolution, baby. That's, That's evolution. The beauty yeah. of the beauty of natural selection. Let's ship that. And one, yeah. All right, shipping it now. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Next week, you should tune in because we're going to pitch you. I forgot what we decided on. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I was hoping one of you remembered. Will the superhero films? No, B movies. B movies. B movies. We're not talking well, about movies with bees. We're talking about the letter B movies. So as yeah. in the back movies that back were B list. Oh you know? yeah, that that didn't have the budget, didn't have a good script, didn't have the best actors, but they're B movies. They had charm. A B yeah. for beloved. They had our hearts. But you'll hear a lot more about that next week on Pitch Hunt. You can find us on social at pitch underscore hunt and give us an email at uh, info at pitchhunt.org. <laughs> Jacob, Luke Will at pitchhunt.org. Pitch hunt. Yeah, let's just all say it at the same time. That's the best way of getting it out there. <laughs> yeah, one of our names. Jacob at pitchhunt.org. Luke at pitchhunt.org. Will at pitchhunt.org. Uh, and use your favorite streaming service, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, yeah, or wherever. Yeah, or wherever. And we're tell all your friends subscribe. about our, our podcast. Yeah. And subscribe rate, and rate. Review. And review, yeah. Get in touch with Give us. Give us five stars. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And most importantly, stay, stay pitchy. pitchy. Stay pitchy, y'all. I love you. Love you. Love you. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the B movies bite. <laughs>